Rebecca, it's Beatrice. Hey Beatrice, it's Rebecca, how are you? I'm good. Um, I'm at home, which is nice. Um, That's very nice. Yes. And it's sunny. And it's sunny, but there are a lot of workmen about, so if you hear any big bangs... That's what's okay. going on. I won't be alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Um, so I wanted to tell you about something that's um, that um, we've sort of been doing at the museum. We've sort of oh, yes. we've recently acquired quite a lot of fancy dress. Um, sort of very recently, a lovely Pierrot outfit. Um, I think oh, that's what they're called. How nice. Yeah. So they're like a jumpsuit, but they have these sticky out bits around the hips, which are also um, oh, pockets. Like sort of points. Yeah, out. exactly. It's almost like a, is it a called a rhomboid? So the body yes. uh, becomes and becomes a sort of rhomboid shape. Um, we've actually acquired three. One it's one seems to, one lot seems to be for a, a a couple, so it's a white and a black one, and one is definitely for a man. And then, but the more more spectacular one is one with with prints of balloons on it. Um, oh, how lovely! Yeah, it's really. And when are these from? So I'm not entirely sure. So when you um, so when you look at images of the Chelsea Arts Club ball. Um, there was a really famous one after World War One called the Dazzle Ball, where they used the, the Dazzle camouflage pattern. Oh, wow! It, yeah, it's really amazing, and one of the outfits um, is still survives. It's sort of black and white, and another it's another one of these Pierrot ones. So I think the Dazzle Ball was nineteen. So yes. um, every and so from then on until sort of the mid mid 20s maybe going into the late 20s that shape, shape seems to be quite popular um so i'm not entirely sure because we don't know who wore these unfortunately so i'm still the the black and white one is probably really hard to ever find the the balloon yes. one i'm still holding out hopes that one day we'll see we'll see a picture of someone wearing it but that you know i know that's quite <laughs> unlikely they were Does it really bright colors it's it's difficult to say. It's a little bit faded now. It's a sort of mustardy yellowy background, and then the the b balloons. They're sort of pink and blue, and so it's it it's a little bit faded. It looks quite well worn. So I wonder whether it was worn for more than for more than one night. Um, but yeah, it's it's really lovely. And then we we sort of had a spade of them coming coming in. Um, so one was a dress, a beautiful actually eighteenth century dress that had hardly been altered that someone wore in the sort of late nineteen twenties, and there was a picture of her with it, which oh, is wow. which is really really unusual because we have so many eighteenth century dresses that were altered for presumably for fancy dress, and but we don't know by whom or or we don't have a photo, so that. So that was really, really interesting. Um, and then... That's weird. No, I mean, that that's so interesting. And do you think it's often... Because I wonder, I wonder, like, it, do you think it was often something that was in people, their families that had been passed down? Or do you think you could just buy an 18th century dress in a second-hand place? That's a good question. I don't actually know. I always assumed it was something people just had. Um, and there seem to be the sort of different types of fancy dress. So one is this sort of just historic dress. Um, but then in the 20s, they all have these, they also have all these weird things picking up on what's 
happening at the time. We have this we have this great catalogue at the museum, which is well from a company called Weldon, and they oh ma- I've seen some of it. Yeah, they made fancy dress. Um, and on the cover of their catalogue, it says three hundred designs in eighty two colours. Um, wow, that's a lot. That is a lot, and they're they're just. There's such a variation. There's one which is for a couple, which show, the woman is night and the, the, the man is day. Then there's one where the woman has a little propeller on her <laughs> on her head. And then there's one with the Union Jack, which says buy British Empire goods. Uh, oh. One that is a red devil. One that says eat more fruit. So that's a good message. Yeah, and then but then there are all the sort of classic ones like um, people from other countries and yes. historic dress. So, um, but I just, I just sort of wondered what the equivalent is now. Maybe there isn't. I, I also always wondered why why it was so popular between the wars. Maybe. I know. I I've I've really wondered about that because you have. Is it Arden? Arden, oh, I don't know, in the late 19th century, or is it Weldon, and I'm guessing it mixed up, there's those books on making your own. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm. Is it Arden? I don't know, um, but um, I know what you mean. Mm. Which I think are kind of, I mean, amazing, like how to dress up as a rubbish <laughs> Yes. Mm. And how to dress up as a light bulb. Mm. Like really imaginative and quite mad. And, but it, so clearly it was happening then and it was very popular, but it does really seem like the interwar period is an absolute, I don't know, it's like an absolute craze. And I really noticed it, you know, you remember when I um, went to Brighton University to look at their screen archive, South East? Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and they have a really, really great spread of um, interwar films. It's like the best period for mm. them. They've got loads. And there's what I kind of noticed is it seems to be that that fancy dress happens in different contexts. So there's like sort of grand parties with probably more the historic end of the market. So almost costume. like the Devonshire House Ball. Exactly. Yeah, a bit later, yeah. But then there's also, I don't know, like children's birthday parties where the children are all dressed up. And then... Um, like at carnivals and village fates, there seems to always be um, competitions for fancy dress. So, you know, from little cho- little tiny children to sort of adults mm-hmm. competing for who's got the best costume. And they have beautiful film footage and they've also got like colour film of, of 1930s children's parties and things where people are dressed up. So it seems to be all age groups and something... It, it sounds kind of silly, but it, it's like it was taken seriously. Your fancy dress was a serious yeah. thing. Because it seems like people put so much effort into making their own, as you know, yeah. which I don't think people do. I mean, maybe they do for their children, but making your own costume is such a thing as well. Yeah, and I, I did wonder earlier whether um, it also has something to do with people, you know, more people being able to make stuff. Yes, I'm um, sure. Because, yeah, I think, I mean, the, like you say, the adult ones are often very elaborate and the children's ones sometimes, there's so many different parts. We have one, I mean, there's also a lot of um, 
isn't they're not politically correct a lot of the fancy dress items no, um, so we have a, a native american one for a girl um and that that has just so from the 20s and for a little mm. girl like three years or something three years yes. and that has just so many different parts parts to it um and we have another one which is from the 1890s um which is almost like an ordinary um dress from that period um probably 1895 but because the sleeves are really big but the the, the skirt is quite short so shorter than you ah. would normally wear it and it has spring um written in artificial flower letters so artificial oh, flowers nice. are used to make letters on on the on on the skirt um so that's that's an interesting one as well um and there is a picture of women what what other women were wearing when when the spring one was worn and it, it's again this sort of mixture of other countries um historic and then sort of things that i don't even know what they're meant to represent um yes some are so elaborate and so of the moment that they just don't make sense anymore hmm. the other thing that i find fascinating is this sort of obsession with electricity or yes mm, yes i'll just read you a little bit which is this was an outfit that was worn in 1892 in the portman rooms and this woman got a prize so it miss is miss it's oh it's a, a man actually um mr munro his coat was covered with magnets intertwined with flashes of lightning to represent electricity the headgear wow. was yeah the headgear was composed of an immense electric bell connected by wires to a dry battery concealed in the coat etc etc i mean it goes on for quite some time that is insane yeah in a good way yeah so oh he had God, tele- i can't really quite picture it but it he, seems amazing it's crazy on the coat was mounted telephones transmitters and receivers how i know How? phonographs batteries and braided wire the whole representing a novel appearance yeah well definitely I mean, it seems like it would weigh a ton i'm sorry my voice yeah. is out <laughs> it's the excitement of the sort of all this electricity on yeah. one man's suit he, he went as ele- electricity up to date that's what he went well, as i think he achieved it <laughs> yeah definitely that's amazing yeah and then there I just was... the idea that sorry, I was just, yeah. just it just I like the way that it's like you're so excited by the novelty and innovation of science that you just had to embody it. Yeah. Mm. There is another. Um, um, there was a ball in 1935, which, which was um, actually there was another thing that was going on a lot. They had sort of pageant by pageants by a oh, pageant. Sorry, not pageants mm-hmm. by society girls. I think there were a lot of these charity balls. And if you were yes, a society yeah. girl, you would take part in the committee and organize it. And a lot of them seemed to involve pageants. And there was one in 35, which um, the, which was called the Pageant of Progress. And one woman went as anesthetics and antiseptics. <laughs> yeah. I must send you a picture of it. It's, it's insane. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Wow, it makes me think, you know, I should dress up as i don't know a bottle of rosehip oil or something <laughs> yeah that's that's so great mm, mm. wow it and it makes it sound like fancy dress was so much more imaginative yeah i mean i guess so these, much more i mean that particular ball they all look like they've 
you know, people have spent money on their dress. Yeah. And they don't look, they look professionally made. So I guess it is also a sign of quite a lot of people having a lot of time and money yes. um, so they can in, invest it in that. But like you say, it goes through the whole of society. Um, wow. I wonder what I made mean, it stop. I don't, well, the war, The I war, guess. of course, yeah, but then it wasn't really... But then it didn't really, well, it didn't come back in the same spirit, but then I suppose the world has changed after the war. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I mean, it, one thing it makes me think of is isn't the Met Ball on Monday. And oh, yes. That's that's not fancy dress, but no. it kind of is. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a cousin of fancy dress sometimes. yeah. And I guess and this they're... time it's the Catholic imagination. I don't know if that's what the theme of the ball is. Yeah, I ex... the gala. Sorry, I expect so. I yeah, I expect to see many, many crosses. Um... I but but also you kind of think, wow, you're going to have to really be careful about taste levels. Yeah, mm. I mean the whole thing I think is sort of um, is yeah. complicated. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see. The I know. Catalogue. I really. I, it's like I've seen some of the sort of preview things, but yes, I can't. Yes, I'm going to, you know, reserve judgment mm. until I see. But yes, it will be quite something what actually happens on the red carpet. Mm, true, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I guess there were famous, famous balls after the war, like yeah. the Truman Capote. Yeah, there's like the black and white yeah. ball. Mm. Um, but, oh, and the Real Housewives, they always have parties with... Um, with costumes, you know how I love Real Housewives. Oh, I, I, I've never <laughs> they really. They do. They have like <laughs> they seem to be very stuck on, like the Beverly Hills ones. They seem to have a white party. There's one housewife who has a white party every year, and you always think, can you open your eyes and think of something else? Yeah, maybe? yeah, yeah. Mm. And then they also have, like, really, really awful themes like Moulin Rouge, where again you think. Wow, mm. how long did it take to come up with that one? Yes. That's 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 not a man with magnets and <laughs> no. lightning and goodness knows what, is yeah. it? That's no. Mm. They they seem very kind of it seems like there's a sort of set I mean like with Halloween as well, it's like there's a set repertoire. Yes. That's mm. been fixed almost. And then there's occasionally a random person who will do something else, but it yeah, I think maybe maybe television ruined fancy dress or something that you know yeah i wonder it, um, because it just seems so imaginative and so escapist yeah because i always like stuff about the 18th century masquerade balls and this idea that um because you were wearing a mask i know that's kind of taking it to another level but because you were wearing a mask like morality was sort of suspended mm. and different classes could mix and all sorts could go on because your identity was erased yeah and you were someone else and i i kind of like that idea of, of it being so immersive i don't know if it truly was or if that's just the myth yeah of it but it always seems very kind of genteel in the interwar period the fancy dress it doesn't seem as decadent, but maybe that's because I've been watching nice films of polite people in Kent in the 1930s. They're, <laughs> the they're, yeah. rather than decadent, you know, the bright things. Well, the Chelsea Arts Club Ball, there is some footage on um, people getting totally trashed. And, oh, really? 
smooching and stuff. Oh, I said footage. I meant photos. Yeah, that, oh, I think like. I was wanting, you know, I was hoping that. No. I, I don't know how that would have happened in the 1920s, but that was what I was hoping. For. Yeah, no, there is footage, but that's from after the war. I'm amazed how, uh, long, how long that went, went, went on. Um, I don't know exactly when it stopped, but it definitely, I think that's where um, Mary Quant first caught a glimpse of her future husband um, I, think oh, really? I have a feeling or oh, the other way around I think he caught a glimpse right. of her her legs I think that's what it was <laughs> but um, and that yeah so it definitely still went on after after the war I guess it becomes wow. associated with sort of bohemianism a bit and yeah uh, maybe a phase you go through when you're young I don't know I mean do you think it's also I don't know does this make sense like it sort of greater ex um accessibility of like ready to wear and things that you can kind of dress up more in your normal life because you can afford it whereas before it was all channeled into your fancy dress costume I don't know possibly I, I always think that um you know more it always seems like more restrictive society seem to then lead to some more wacky thing on yeah, the other end of the scale it. yeah so maybe now I mean, I mean, now you, just, you could you do just... know that when you phone me, your picture that I have oh, yes. is you in fancy dress yes. when you were little. True. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's so, another, yeah, that's another whole, that's whole story. Another whole but I come from a Catholic area, so... Um, Wow, it happened again. Yeah, I have a feeling there is something wrong with my phone. Um, so oh. I think I'm quite sure now it's my phone. So I'm going to have to do something about that. I'm sorry. Okay, that's um, all right. That's all right. I, I wasn't sure if you were like censoring me from, from no, saying no, no, any no. more about the picture of me. <laughs> no, that's another, <laughs> that's another very um, politically correct, incorrect um, outfit I'm wearing there. But I mean, obviously, when we're in Germany, if you grew up in a sort of Catholic country, you would go through the whole carnival period. So there was, yes. so there was dressing up when I was little every, every, every spring, I guess. So, oh, um, wow. yeah, but I, I'm actually, it, weirdly enough, I don't actually like, like pairing fancy dress myself. No, at I all. don't. Mm, mm. I'm too resolutely me. I can't, yeah. I can't be something else as well. That's mm. asking too much. I had um, a colleague, Melina, who's now gone to the Met, our textile conservator, and she would make, she had the most amazing fancy dress, and she showed me a picture wow. of her once, and um, she went as a prawn cracker, and that, <laughs> that's pretty much the best outfit I've ever seen. It was so good. It was so wow. good. Wow. Mm, mm. That, that. That sounds like it's sort of comme de garçon level. Yeah, it was quite com. That's very good. Yeah, no, it was. It was. It was a sort of beigey, pinky foam thing <laughs> that she made, sort of into a prawn cracker. It was. It was pretty amazing. I think that's where I want to stop talking about fancy dress. That's the piece. Yeah, I don't I think. think we can top yeah, that really. Yeah. Prawn cracker. No. God. So what wow. have you been up to? Well, I haven't been doing anything quite on that level, but I had a really lovely morning. Um, this week, my lovely MAs. Um, we went to the V&A print room, which I do really love the print mm, room. Yeah. And I, because like this term, we're just doing dissertation tutorials and they're just writing. So I always think it's nice if there's like a couple of visits where we get together as a group yeah. and, 
you know, because it can be quite intense. For them. Well, it is very intense yes. for them. So I just kind of asked them at the V&A to get out like a greatest hits of fashion photography. So I just put, we want this Irving pen and Avedon mm. and Leighton and everything. And it is, I don't know, there's just something really incredible about seeing the actual prints, the actual photographs, isn't there? There's mm. something really, I don't know, there's something quite visceral about it, I think, because some of the images, like we, I got them to... Um, get out the, the um, you know, the Avedon that's an homage to Martin Munkaji, mm-hmm. where she's jumping, which I love that. Like, I love Munkaji, love Avedon, could not be a better combination for me. And even though I've seen it before, it there's just something about seeing it up close and you can see it in such detail and you can see where, like, the foot that she's leading with is really sharp, but the one at the back is slightly blurry, so you get this sense of motion. Mm. But when you sit in the magazine, you don't necessarily notice that no. so much. And, like, the way that her coat, her she's got this gorgeous Pierre Cardin coat on, and the way that it sort of bunches up at the back. I mean, bunches is far too, you know, derogatory a word. I don't know what the correct word would be, but it creates this amazing shape behind her and there's just such motion in it and I love the way that like you can see Paris behind it and it's a cardan coat and so it's very Paris but it's also very American because I think Avedon always brings a kind of American spirit to what he does so I loved seeing that and what else did we see we saw had a whole box of Atje mm. which was amazing oh, I've never seen actual ones it's so how well, big are they <clears throat> They're um, like about I don't know thirty centimeters by twenty. Oh, okay. I'm not quite, very good at measurements. Yeah, quite big. Mm. Um, they vary, but the the one because because the thing is like sometimes when you go to the print room with students in a group, sometimes they just give you the precise photograph that you asked mm, for, yeah. and that's wonderful. But this time they've given us the box yeah. that each one was in, so we got to see the, wow. you know a whole ton of mm. other stuff as well. And the actually, the one I'd actually asked for was the window of the Bon Marché from the 1920s, mm. which is really wonderful. And you, I mean, the thing with him is, is you see so many multiple reflections and seeing the actual photograph again, you see them so much more clearly. Mm. So you've got the mannequins in the window, but then you can see the shop front from over the way and you oh, can see okay. passers-by and it's really beautiful. And there was also one which was... Um, another shop window, I don't, I mean, in Paris, but I don't know where, that was mannequins, and they were so erotic, and they were only, like, busts, but they were so cheeky, these mannequins, the way they were positioned and kind of flirty, which I hadn't seen before, so I enjoyed that one, but also in the box, there were ones that were, like, a country road, which I just don't think of him in the countryside, I think of him completely in the city all Mm. the time. Um, and one of just like a bedroom, just like a double bed that was really kind of melancholy and poignant. Um, so that was a really beautiful box. And we saw this Lillian Bassman. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's this, I think it's about 1951. And it's a model in a really, really full kind of new look style sort of dress. And it's really sort of diaphanous the skirt and when you see it in the magazine you can see it's like there's layers of dots on the layers of the skirt but when you see the actual print you can see that she's gone over the dots with white paint wow. 
to really make them stand mm. out. So the print itself is really three-dimensional and it's really fantastic seeing that and then seeing the magazine. So, you you know, the, the way she's, like, taken that level of care to get, the you know, these dots yeah. to really I wonder what out. the prints were made for. Um... Oh, well, that one must have been for Harper's Bazaar, surely. Mm. No, but I just wonder, I, I, I assumed the um, the magazines were made from the neg negatives. Um, yes, that's true. So, oh, but I, I don't know. I didn't think of that. I but don't maybe know sometimes about... if they're altering them, mm. then would they be... Maybe they re-photographed them or something. I yes, don't know. maybe. Mm. I don't know yes, enough perhaps about she would, that. Perhaps there's another one that's like her photograph of that photograph. I don't mm. know. Mm. Um, there was a lovely um, Norman Parkinson that was um, that we saw several Norman Parkinsons. We saw the you know the one what's it called like Women's Good Industries or something. The one of the the of Wenda in the pub. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, mm. that is really great. And this other one that had beautiful. Um, it looks like it's actually drawn on the mound, like blue sort of waxy coloured pencil crayon, um, like a square measured round on the mound, and then his signature mm. at the bottom within the line, if you see what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. That was lovely. And there was a beautiful um, Heunigen Hunner of Lee Miller in these amazing, they're just like sailcloth dungarees but she's wow. taken she's she's got her back to the camera and is turning round and she's she's not wearing anything under them and it's so i mean it oh just such a, an amazing like her hair looks amazing just everything mm. so yes yeah, sorry i've just done a big like i love them all yeah but i just i always think that must be the the funnest job to just look at photos all the time i guess i know yeah and do yeah i guess the people who work there don't do that all the time like we don't look at no, their clothes all they're the not time. allowed to just yeah. go through the box <laughs> but if there is a job where you just sit and go through yeah. the boxes we would like to have it yeah yeah and it was it was good because i i hadn't sort of thought about it but when i chose them all i chose all black and white photographs i didn't do it by design i just mm. that's what i chose but in one of the boxes in the middle was this hero photograph, and you know how saturated the colour is in mm, his, and yeah. it was like a model with this really intense, like kind of Eve Klein blue um, sheer chiffon scarf pulled over her face, and her hand is in front of her face with these really like amazing vermilion nails, and it was such a jolt that we're looking at all these sort of, you know, amazing black and white, but then suddenly this hit of you know, the kind of fruitiest, brightest colour. Mm, so that was really amazing. I wonder whether it felt like a jolt when it sort of came in colour, but I, but probably not because there was colour all around you and you had colour in painting. on a printed page is so mm, different, isn't it? Yeah. We've mm. got a, a delineator magazine from, I think it's 1930, and it's the front cover is a New Year's party and it's colour. And even now... Whenever we get that one out, everyone just can't take their eyes off yeah. it, and we just mm. keep going back to it. And I do think when you look at magazines from that era, because colour was so expensive and difficult, even now when we're so used to it, you you do get really drawn to the pages that are colour. Yeah. Don't you? Or like even Louise Dahl Wolf, like 30s, 40s colour mm. is incredible. Yeah, I always wonder, like I'm sure people 
I've written about that, what that sort of does, seeing a whole era just in a certain, you know, either in black and white yeah. or, or in this sort of um, Technicolor or in, yes. and on, in when you when you know full well that probably the world didn't look like that because you no. can see it, that it doesn't yeah. look like that now. Um, I mean, it must have been amazing also when you could take your own photographs yeah. in colour. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess. <clears throat> and it's quite amazing that amateurs had access to this pretty much the same kind of colour films as professionals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was sort of looking through some photos. I was trying to find a particular photo recently. I don't have that many actually here. But um, I, I it always strikes me what I did like about taking photos um, actual um, on film was just the the suspense you know when you went to get yes. got them and then you didn't know was there anything on yeah. it at all or um I, I mean it's funny isn't it because that's just like I'd completely forgotten about that but it's true it was it would take like a week maybe yeah yeah and then get you, your holiday photographs back and then you might be really unlucky and they the whole film was wrecked yeah. or, or all the photos just looked really horrible <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah. Was... yeah and the fact that you couldn't see the picture as you took it mm. Yeah, you just had to yeah. trust it. Um, that sounds like a, a, a really nice trip. I haven't, I've only been there recently because we looked um, for moving to the new museum. We looked at how it worked, you know, behind the oh, scenes right. and all yes. that sort of stuff. But I haven't been there for years to actually look at something. I must, I must make an appointment just as a treat. It, it, well, maybe come with us next Oh, week, yeah. We'll no, that would be again. nice. Come with us. Yeah, because yeah. It's really nice, and I think it's really nice when the students have, they haven't finished the course, obviously, because they're doing their dissertations, but, you know, they've finished the talk portion, and we've been looking so intensively at 1920 to 1960. It's nice to kind of look back on that. Mm. And, and I think also it's really important to go back and look at photographs that you think you know really well. Yeah. Mm. Because you always see new things, and mm. just... Just having them, you know, holding them as an object is really amazing as well. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, we're very lucky because we have online databases of a lot of fashion magazines. So that means we can go and look up a lot of the photographs we've seen at the V&A and find them in the magazines as well. Mm. So that's a really, that's really exciting because sometimes you see them and you think this is so big and beautiful yeah. and impressive and then it's tiny in the magazine and you could have easily missed it oh yeah that's true mm, yeah they don't yeah. All, they're not always full page or no because one that all that i never get over with that is you know the famous Moncaggi of, of the model running on a beach yes which is just like one of my all-time mm. favorites and it's just so important and amazing and when if you actually look at the page it's a double page spread about like summer dressing it's from the december issue but it's like you know going somewhere hot on holidays yeah. and it's nearly all full of little fashion drawings about different um you know different outfits and that photograph is just up in the right hand corner oh really i didn't know yeah. that mm. yeah because you imagine it's like a full, full page spread yeah. and yeah. they were like oh my god here's a model running yeah <laughs> but it's really casual mm. you know and and you do sort of think it ah uh, you know just it would be so amazing to know how that felt to see that like did people even notice yeah because I mean I really remember seeing like particular photographs 
as I was growing up in fashion magazines, but I'm obsessed, so of course I remember. Mm. But that, but does, yeah, just just like when you see a transition happening in a magazine, and suddenly there's a photographer who's really different. Like I really remember Corin Day's yes. early photographs mm. and just staring at them and staring at them. Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe not everyone stares and stares. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not health. I don't know. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm more likely to do that than to dress up as a pirate. Yeah, I think me too. Me too. <laughs> okay. we're, we're, we're more introverted. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, that was lovely. Um, lovely to talk to you. Yes, and um, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow at the conference. Yes, the passing conference. And um, talk to you next week. Okay, see you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.